hear her not so sad soon. <laughs> it's a sad song. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Coming Out Evil. I'm Harley Honey. And I'm Mick Seduso. Join our descent into villainy. Welcome back, evildoers. Yes, it's part two of us Ooh. listening to Hades Town. I'm so excited. You've already got all the background knowledge, all the context, so I guess let's just jump right into it. Yeah. So the next song that we're going to listen to is Why We Build the Wall. And this is that song that she has to reiterate was not about Trump. Yeah, the title is unfortunate. (laughs) Okay, so we just heard We Build the Wall. (laughs) Yes. And musically, do I love to listen to it? Nah, it's a skip. But we do learn that Hades is an unhinged character. Yes. Like, this man is not okay. We were listening to this and these workers, workers in quotes, <laughs> are singing about why they're building a wall. They're building a wall. They're enslaved and building all this infrastructure. But I'm confused because the entire population of Hades Town is dead people and Hades and Persephone. <laughs> so who is all of this infrastructure for? <laughs> like, why is he enslaving these people? What's his purpose? Truly. As none. I think that's also why so many people are like, oh, yes, Trump. Because, I mean, one, the title. Two, the lyrics. Three, the big propaganda yeah. tones. And then four, like, just who are these hypothetical people you're talking about? Like... Show me one person that you've prevented with these plans. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very much, I think, how a lot of fear is based on, like, the Lulu. (laughs) Yeah. And the lyrics, they keep repeating, right? We build the wall, we build the wall to keep us free. Us Hmm. being, I guess, the enslaved population. Not super far off from what goes on in the United States. Right. But, yeah. Definitely see why people keep conflating it to the orange one. (laughs) And during this song, Eurydice signs some mysterious papers Mm. in a room with Hades that seem to be just siding her life away. But I guess we'll get more details about that. Hopefully, anyway. Yes. And Hermes warns us that while a lot can happen behind closed doors... A lot can happen on the factory floors when the foreman turns his back, too. So, something spicy is about to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Remember to hit the subscribe button. So, we just listened to Our Lady of the Underground. Yes. Unfortunately. (laughs) And it's like, I feel like I hate it because it's not a skip if I just didn't dislike the singer. Right. And how the singer sounds. There are some parts in there that just sound nasty. Ah! Like, why does she sing it like that? I don't know. What is she trying to do? Take off the musical blackface. (laughs) Petition to make me Persephone on Hades Town. (laughs) Yeah, I also tried to find some background to understand what the fuck is happening during this song. Because, like, I always imagined that she's, like, behind a bar. Like, the Hades Town workers are, like, done for the day. And there's, like, a bar or a speakeasy situation. And she's, like, down there mm-hmm. giving them some remembrance of what life was like or something. But two things. One is I was looking 
it seems like everybody hates this song. Like, everybody's like, this song is a skip. Why did they do this song? This is weird. There's not a single person in any article or post I found that where people like the song. Dang. Two, this post I found literally is like, the only disappointing thing about Hades Town is that Our Lady of the Underground is just Persephone singing to the audience with the band and Hermes on stage instead of a fully glorious number for interacting with the workers. So I think they're literally breaking the fourth wall? I don't know. It seems like even, like, stage direction-wise and, like, what's happening on stage is also kind of murky. So, like, yeah, definitely seems like a big weak point of the musical. Especially because this is the song that starts Act 2. So, like, imagine you just had an intermission and then you come back to that. Like, Yeah, that confused me because, like, the lyrics are, like... I've got a sight for the sorest eye. When was the last time you saw the sky? Why would she be referring to the audience as you? I think it's... I don't know. Wipe away your tears, brother. I know how you feel. I can see you're blinded by the sadness of it all. Yeah, I wonder if it's supposed to evoke an emotional response in the audience. If they're like, oh, fuck, I do feel like that sometimes. But, like, I don't know. It feels a little weak story-wise. Like, Yeah. I think, like, this person's right on the nose. Like, this would have been a really cool scene where she's interacting with the members or, like, wiping mm-hmm. their tears away and it's, like, a speakeasy. Like, that's always how I'd imagined it. Like, I'm a little shook that that's not how that goes at all. I admittedly struggled to imagine what was happening in this song. Like, it didn't paint a clear picture to mm-hmm. me at all. I just feel like I couldn't imagine anything. Yeah, that's fair. So to learn that she's just singing towards the audience is... Yeah, for sure. I'm excited for us to see a visual of yeah. Hades Town because I just I've always like imagined so many things, but it'll be cool to see how they actually do things, or maybe disappointing. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. So that's that song. <laughs> yeah, I'd be curious to hear like covers of it by less untalented singers at some point. <laughs> I do think it is like it's got some cool funky chords in it. Like I think it's got a great foundation. But yeah, yeah, I definitely want to hear somebody else's perception. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yes, we just <laughs> listened to the Way Down Hades Town reprise, which is spicy. Oh! It's saucy. Oh! It's, it's like jazzy. Ooh. It's really nice musically. And also, we learn things. We learn many things. Yes. <laughs> so I thought when Hades was like, hey, Eurydice. I can save you from this that you're experiencing. I thought he was offering her something special, like something unique from just a regular being dead experience. But apparently she just gets to be like every other enslaved person down there. Just, yeah. She's just dead. Yeah. Just like regular. Yeah. Regular dead. <laughs> so does that mean also that everyone who's there had to sign a contract? Like what happens if you don't sign? Well, that's interesting you say that. At some point later, Hades does say a line that illuminates a lot. He does say something later that is very interesting that specifically addresses that. But yeah, so Eurydice's going around. She's like, I'm Eurydice. Don't you see me? Like, what's your name? Hello? And they're like, they can look, but they can't see. And they don't know who you are. They don't know who they are. They forgot. And you'll look like that one day too. She's like, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, honestly, mean as hell. Because why? And they're like, what's your name? She already forgot. Yeah, I feel like that's rude. The way that they said that right in front of her, like, that's literally a line, y'all. That's not just Yeah, like, dead ass. <laughs> like, they literally go, you already forgot it. 
Like, like dead ass. Bruh, and then she's like, I gotta go. And they're like, go where? <laughs> That's also not an abbreviation. They literally are like, go where? Do what? <laughs> and then, in case it wasn't obvious, Hermes comes back in and is like, Eurydice was a hungry young girl. Mm-hmm. She wasn't hungry anymore. The thing she was instead was, was dead. dead. Which I feel like if you do struggle with ideation, this song is like a big dose of tough love, I think, sometimes. Yeah, my like, goodness. We've talked about how seductive right like those ideation things are and it'll like promise you escape it'll be like oh it'll be so nice but then like we have no idea what's on the other side or like if it's actually better and then like it's not like it's something special waiting for us we'll we'll just be dead like like yeah we won't be hungry or stressed anymore but we'll also just be dead like i don't know like i said this is definitely a comfort musical for me in some ways because it just really drives it home very clearly (laughs) yeah and it's just sad like that she's going to lose all of her memories of what she was before yeah which is also something i've never thought about either once we die like i think especially too given like different people's like ancestor reverence and like religions and stuff like people's perception of that but wow yeah like if you like I don't know. It's just interesting to think about, like, if you lost yourself so much in life, like, do you lose yourself in death, too? I don't know, but... Yeah, I think these are the eternal questions. (laughs) So we just listened to Flowers. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the way that she is kind of, like, ruminating on her error, like, just makes me really sad. (laughs) Because she's like, nothing can wake me now. Over and over. And then the very last lyric is about lying in the bed she made. Yeah, it is a really, like, sad song, though. Like, yeah. It just... Oh, it's so pretty. It's just, like, heartbreakingly pretty. <laughs> like... Yeah, it is a really pretty song to listen to. It's not like a jam, obviously. No! <laughs> Nobody's turning up to flowers. <laughs> the other day when I was, like, at the piano, I was like, oh, I can read music. Wow. That was the song I was playing. Cause it's just it's so pretty. Yeah, it is a really pretty song. Really melancholy. Mm-hmm. And there's not enough songs where we just get to hear Eurydice uninterrupted. So, like, I'm mm. always going to be pro more Eurydice. But <laughs> I hope we hear her not so sad soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sad song. Oh. <laughs> I do appreciate they give us that warning in the beginning. But <laughs> so we just listened to Come Home With Me and then papers and then come home with me Orpheus arrives there and is like hey I <laughs> sang a pretty song and the rocks let me in what's up I'm gonna do it again and we're gonna bounce and she's like mm. actually <laughs> it's more complicated than that funny story what it happened was <laughs> and presumably she's referring to that she signed some papers yeah and then that brings us to papers <laughs> yeah and papers hades catches orpheus and is like oh you're not from around here you clearly didn't come in by any i guess legal means whatever that means yeah. in the underworld but yeah he knows that orpheus like snuck his way in and that he's very clearly alive. And he also says the line of, like, everybody and everything in Hades Town I own, 
but I only buy what people are selling, right? So he's like, I don't force anybody to do this. Like, Yeah, more intrigue. Like, what are the options that are presented to them? And when do we learn about them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, like, I don't know. It's giving coercive environment. Because I think it's, like, the way Hades, like, was whispering in Eurydice's ear and was like, hey, like, I got you an option where you won't be hungry and cold anymore. Like, what's Orpheus doing for you? Mm-hmm. And then the option is this, but he's like not upfront about the conditions, right? But he's like, I don't know, he's like offering people an escape and they like think they're wanting to buy into that. Yeah. Very shit deal. But yeah, so the, even the way he's like only buy what people are selling, it's like, but that's not, you know, you in the wrong for that. Like, you're not actually presenting. But he just doesn't care. Like, the number of times yeah. he just outright laughs at him in the course of this song is wild. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. And especially... belly laugh. Right. <laughs> and especially because, like, I think it's interesting that we've seen so many versions of Hades across different forms of media. And, like, I feel like we're starting to get some versions where he's not completely villainous all the time. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. he's so much as written as, like, a villainous character. But there's definitely an argument that he didn't always have to be written as one. But yeah and this one he's vile like just despicable (laughs) we're back don't forget to hit the bell and if it's true and nothing changes the fates are singing and it is beautiful but admittedly i don't know what they're talking about so i kind of imagine like the fates were asking a question of like if nothing changes what's the point of fighting the system or trying or having hope like if nothing changes anyhow like they're asking a question and then Orpheus's song answers the question if that's true then I guess I should give up but he's not entirely sure that is true like if there's really no hope that nothing can ever ever change if that makes sense like this also answers my other question because in the next song in if it's true he like uses a lot of us versus them language like us like him and the workers and them And I was like, who is them? But I think them is Hades and the Fates, because the Fates are who were just talking. Yeah. So that makes sense as a direct response. Yeah. Like, is it true what they say? Them being the Fates just saying, like, yeah, it's hard. Give up. (laughs) Right. And, like, I think, you know, a real-life interpretation of, like, the social narrative or, like, the master narrative is what society says or like the overarching like beliefs that like yeah nothing changes like why do revolution why protest why are you in the street like causing traffic you know like that sort of idea versus the people who have to fight and have to try because we can't just sit around and believe that it'll never change or get better so yeah that tension and they really laid it out really well yeah they're good songs I don't know if they're, like, bops. Yeah, no. (laughs) We have left bop territory. (laughs) Things are just kind of (laughs) sad. Yeah, we're strictly in storytelling territory. (laughs) Okay, so we just heard how long. Yes, it's a duet between Persephone and Hades, and Persephone actually sounds tolerable in this song. Arguably, 
Nice. I like her voice in this <laughs> a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. And you know what? This actually made me think of, too. I think Reese Carney, or who plays Orpheus, I think his voice also changes through the musical. I was like, he does sound like he's got a little more grit to it now, like, yeah. as the musical develops. So I think there's something intentional happening with the way they're having the actors change their voices as the musical progresses. I think you're completely right. Like, they had her be, like, real rough and tumble kind of gal in the beginning to give contrast for this song where she's really sweet and, like, trying to, like, appeal to his emotions. Yeah, I said that earlier before we were recording. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so I actually really like this song a lot, actually. And, like, yeah, Persephone's like, you know, this girl means nothing to you, and she means everything to him. Like, could you chill? But he's like, if I, like, you know, show a crack of kindness here through the wall, people are going to just, like, run with it. You know, give people an inch, they'll take a mile, right? Like, he's worried that if he shows any sort of mercy, it'll tumble everything, but it's like... It'll be, like, interpreted as weakness. Yeah. I was just like, you literally whispered in this girl's ear that she would be better off dead. Like, you know you wrong for that. Like... Yeah, also, if that's the case with everything would just fall apart, then you built a fragile empire. (laughs) Honestly. Also, I think that the lyrics are really interesting here. Like, Hades is singing and sets up a cool metaphor where he's like, you and your pity don't fit in my bed. You just burn like a fire in the pit of my bed. And I turn like a bird on a spit in my bed. And later, like, those lyrics repeat, but they're about, like, the sun and the earth. So it's, like, the comparison is Persephone being the sun and him being the earth. He says it burns like a fire in the pit of the sky, as in it being the sun and the earth is a bird on the spit in the sky. How long? Like, how long will it be like this? And it's like, you're married, bro. (laughs) I think that's eternity. (laughs) <laughs> right. You're also immortal. Yeah. Like as the sun and the earth, like even more so. So hello. Right. And I think it like, I don't know, I'm thinking of like how seasons and like moderation works and like how relationships work. Like, right, like the same thing isn't gonna work day to day, month to month, years to years even. Like, everything goes through seasons and cycles and like, that's a big thing with Hades and Persephone, right? Like, she's the goddess of spring and he's the Mm -hmm. god of the underworld and they literally represent the cycle of like life and death and that you need both for a functioning world and reality, right? But he's like so much unbalanced the scale seducing people to come before their time even or like having Persephone come down sooner than she needs to and like he's thrown off the balance and the scales and he's like oh how long are we going to be doing this it's like well that's why there's seasons for things like you gotta you know go with the seasons and like fitting in with that theme of like the change being natural and also them being this sun and earth metaphor i think that's also interesting they set that up that way because persephone at some point literally said the earth must die and then come back to life and the sun must go on rising and i think it's interesting that like for the earth it's a death but for the sun it's a it's a going on it's a continuation yeah it's life the way that persephone and hades contrast each other too it's true i've never thought about the song this much and like the imagery but yeah wow there's some really powerful imagery in this yeah they got very poetic with the lyrics in a lot of this i think mm-hmm. so we just listened to chant two which is very similar to the first chant mm-hmm. except with like 
I feel like some really interesting differences. Mm-hmm. In the first chant, it's all the workers, they're working, you know, and they're chanting, we gotta keep our heads low if you wanna keep your head. <laughs> and in this one, they're doing the same thing. And there's also like intersplicing with conversation between Orpheus and Hades, whereas before we were seeing, I think it was conversation between Hades and Persephone. Yes. And also Eurydice's doing the shelter yes so yeah i think that it's interesting that now they also say other things like the workers course they do more than chant that like they also go why do we turn away while our brother is beaten low why do we build a wall and then call it freedom like they're starting to ask questions if we're free tell me why i can't look in my brother's eye yeah And also their blend is changing, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that we're getting to hear them sing more like individuals because they're starting to ask questions and get that kind of individuality back. So Mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And then, like, I also think it's interesting how Hades is, like, comparing him to Orpheus so much. He's like, I had somebody... Or he's like, I got a girlfriend that, like, leaves me, too. Like, I know exactly what you're going through. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, he's trying to show their similarities and be like, yeah, like, I, like, just say it was something I can rely on. Like, all these workers and, like, the electric city and capitalism, whatever. But, like, saying that, like, love or relationships isn't dependable and that it's always going to be full of doubt, I guess. Very cynical take that he's trying to impart on Orpheus in the song. Yeah, definitely. And I think that it's interesting that, like, it seems like he's saying he was traumatized, basically. And I think it's an interesting highlight on how people handle their trauma really differently. Like, Orpheus lost track of his girl and was like, ah, shit, and sprung into action trying to figure out what to do. Seems like Hades saying a song of love like Orpheus and was left behind and now is just unhinged as a result and like doesn't check in with Persephone about what she wants and what would make her happy like so in that way Hades and Orpheus are very different but he's like not able to see that because he's projecting so much onto him yeah also the fact he's like I had somebody leave me too and it's like she comes back an equal amount of time every time (laughs) but just the way that he's let his doubt run so rampant that he feels so uncertain she will come back Mm -hmm. and I feel like that leads into that fear of like asking her what she wants because I think he's afraid of the answer so he just doesn't and like just tries to fill in all these needs in a very unnatural not healthy way but and he's just craving stability if he thinks the, you know, the metal sounds and the music of the machinery are what's going to provide that to him. Just as he considered communication, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we just heard, what do we just hear? Epic three. So we've heard this little la 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 motif three times now. And I do think that was the final iteration. Okay, um. good. Because I, <laughs> I appreciate what they're trying to do. I enjoy a musical motif that's got consistency. I just wish it was not just laws. Yeah, the laws are a lot. The laws yeah. are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I do feel like Reese Carney's voice at this point, it's definitely changed, even the way he sung this. Like, it's in his falsetto and head voice, but mm-hmm. it's definitely a lot beltier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the fact that whenever Hades is like, oh, it's about me, like... Yes, in the <laughs> beginning, he's 
like, oh, this song is about the king of shadows, king of shades. Hades was king of the underworld. Oh, it's about me. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Literally hilarious. And I think that it's interesting that he uses this song to, again, like, reiterate that they're similar, but, like, kind of flip it and use it to iterate how they're similar in the ways that he loves Persephone. Like, he loves Eurydice's the same way. So I think that that parallel that he draws is cool mm-hmm. because Hades, like, tried to use that against him and he was like, ah, ah, that mm-hmm. means you're also a little lover boy too, huh? <laughs> because you can't pick and choose the ways we're similar. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's cool. Yeah. He told that bitch. And then at some point, Hades does recognize the melody, which we kind of knew what happened because Hermes was like, ah, yes, that's an old song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but Hades is like, oh, where'd you get that from? Hold up. Like, yeah. you would read my diary. But then he ends up starting to sing along by the end of it. So he did kind of get through to him a little bit. Yeah. Little wild that Orpheus got through to him more than his own wife, but I digress. It is wild. I also do think as somebody who, because I think that there's more nuance to this, but I feel like there are very two very broad categories maybe two-ish of how people kind of respond to intense traumas like I think some people become like hardened and some people become softened and both are very valid ways to respond to something traumatic happening to you but like I definitely am the kind of person who became very hardened from trauma and there's like a line in here where Orpheus says he doesn't know that he's defending something that's already gone And, like, that definitely hits, like, as someone in that position, because it's, like, you're defending yourself from others, like, you're evading intimacy like the plague, and it's because you're protecting some softness that's gone already? Like, the the damage already happened? Like, you are shielding something that doesn't exist anymore? So it's, like, yeah, it was, like, well, that was rude. (laughs) (laughs) but it's like yeah the focus should be less on protecting myself from everything that could hurt me and more like rebuilding my ability to be vulnerable which is something that i've been working on this past year in real therapy so yeah musical really really (laughs) popping off there yeah she's that girl have you been listening to my therapist and i talking (laughs) can patrick tehan review hadestown like can we get him on youtube oh my gosh he's a youtube therapist who does really amazing education if you want to learn and really really hear someone call you out you should listen. Every time I come into Harley's room to hang out and he's on, I just emotionally cope. Because I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's thought time. Yes. Thoughts so, with thoughts. So this song was called Promises. Oh. Yes. And uh, they're basically just singing about how they're about to leave, I guess. Yeah. She's like, wow, you finished the song. And he's like, yeah, and we're going to leave. And they're like what about Hades? You think he'll let us go? And they're like, yeah, maybe. And they're like, what about all the other prisoners? And they're like, maybe we'll like show them the way. Maybe we'll be the first. Then we'll set a new precedent. Uh, I a little bit am worried we're being set up for disappointment here because there are still many songs left in this <laughs> musical. <laughs> and as Hermes once said, it's a sad song. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to sing it again and again. So... I guess let's keep on trekking. For such a hopeful musical, they really do a good job in not getting your hopes 
up to <laughs> I guess. No, not really. <laughs> not feeling that. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. It still seems sad. And I feel like any story, people kind of expect it to end on a happy note. Like, they let you know, but I feel like it's the kind of thing that you like no in retrospect like I don't think mm. upon first listen I would hear that song and be like ah oh, yes I should expect this to end badly that's fair yeah I think that the prior knowledge also like the fact that I know of this lore already so I yeah but I mean even still just because the lore tends to not end well like doesn't mean that they didn't take liberties or change something so that's true. It, it does still feel like I'd understand someone not knowing what to expect. That's fair too, for yeah. sure. Want to support our passion project? Become a member on Patreon today. Word to the wise. <laughs> and oh my god, the fates are such instigators. The real villains of this musical are the fates, I yeah, think. Yeah, <laughs> like, They're like, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Like, like literally. If you don't let him go, you're a heartless man. If you let him go, you're a spineless king. Like, Yeah, can y'all just shut up, actually? <laughs> And then they're also like, if you don't let him go, you've got a martyr on your hands, which is something that people, like, I know corporations and orgs will think about in terms of revolution. They do think about, like, when they're making a martyr in a situation, like... Yeah, I mean, I think that applies to anything. I think not just people concerned with revolution, but just, Mm. like, martyrization is a thing to be concerned with. With another movement opposing another movement. True that, true that. So, yeah, they really are instigating. So Orpheus is like, can we go and... Hades is like, I don't know. Like, he's dead ass, doesn't know what to do at this point. So. Yeah. And the awkward. fates do not help, so. Yeah, the real villains. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> we heard two songs, his Kiss the Riot and then Wait for Me, the reprise. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, like, contemplating how he's going to handle this and decides, he being Hades, and he decides that he's going to create a situation create some kind of condition instead of just letting them go and that's supposed to be his compromise yeah i think it's so he doesn't look like totally heartless but he's like oh like orifice is gonna put the nail in his own coffin like i don't have to do anything actually like he knows that like he's gonna poison the situation himself essentially yeah he wants doubt to come in like he says that doubt comes in which is a repetition of themes that he was feeling earlier because he feels doubtful that Persephone is going to come back every year yeah and that's what makes him so possessive and so he's like again they're pulling on these threads of them being similar he's like you're also going to be swept up by a doubt the same way I am every year. Like, he's banking on that. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, basically, if you don't know, like, the compromises, they get to leave, but they don't get to walk side by side, hand in hand, as they planned. Eurydice has to walk behind and Orpheus in front, and he can't hear or see her or anything. Yeah. He has to just trust that she's behind him. And if he turns around, then she's going straight back to Hades Town, and there's no way to undo it. Like, it's 100% over. Mm-hmm. So now, like, they've got both literally a long journey ahead and also, like, a huge challenge ahead. Orpheus is like, it's a trap. It's a trick. And Hermes is like, it's a test. It's a trial. But, you know, I don't know. I, I think uh, a little column A, a little column B. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
so. And then we get to hear you for to see freaking sing out those notes and wait for me. It's so good. Yeah, it's so a beautiful good. song. Oh, I love her. I love that song, too. It's one of my favorites, so. We're narrowing down the songs here, so we're getting yeah, towards the end here. Three. I think we have three songs. Ooh, home yeah. stretch. <laughs> we laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So, in this song, the thing happens, right? He's walking with her. Doubt comes in. Yep, we get the little stringed instruments, <laughs> all staccato, all stressful and anxiety inducing. We get his little melody again. The discordant walking music. The, yeah, he the face. Resolve it, like. <clears throat> oh yeah, that's uh, right. Exactly, he was singing his melody and doesn't sing the resolving note. The fates being villainous and full power, like, <laughs> and Orpheus being like, "Who am I to think that she would like follow me back into the dark and cold? Who am I where Hades would let me go and let me win?" Mm-hmm. And there's a line too. He says that I never noticed before, but he's like, "I used to see how the world could be, but now all I see is the way it is." And I'm yeah. like, "Oh, that's so sad and like very relatable." Like. <laughs> Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> it's rough for our boy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's just so sad. And then the thing happens. He turns around and... In the middle of her singing a line, too, the audacity. Yeah. Because uh, that's the other thing. He couldn't hear her either. So it's not like she could just be like, you got this, baby! Like, yeah. <laughs> he just completely... And, like, that's the thing, too, right? He's literally singing. He's like, why I'm out here all alone? And he's literally not, right? And it's like... I know, just the portrayal of mental illness in this, I feel like, could be talked about for eons. Like, yeah, feeling alone when you are not alone. You're literally not alone. Like, like That's one of the diagnostic criteria for depression. <laughs> Real sad girl shit. But it's, yeah. And it just, like, I don't know, it sucks, because it's like, he really did fumble that for Eurydice and everybody else hoping for them, and also hoping for themselves. And also, like, she literally left because the material conditions were so bad. Like, I don't think it's completely unreasonable to see why doubt crept in. Should he have been stronger than it? Maybe. That's a whole other philosophical debate. But, like, you know, he was like, who am I where she would want to leave? Like, I don't know. Like, both options seem pretty bad. Like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) yeah. That's a rough song. I usually cry during it, but (laughs) seeing you, like, be like, I'm already mad helped. Yeah, I'm just already pissed off because (laughs) I know that he's going to look back. And it's like, he just doesn't do a good enough cost-benefit for me because even if she's not there, it does not benefit him to look backwards. It would only hurt. Like, that's the easiest probability in the world. Yeah. Try this thing that will only help and at worst be neutral. Try the thing. Always try it. Like, if the thing going bad is just a neutral outcome, you should try it. <laughs> Me sobbing in the corner. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, yeah, it's just so sad. It's so sad. But yeah. he just let all that doubt creep in, which is, like, real, though. Like, he had so many things that he, like, he had all this, like, evidence where he's like, why would Hades let me win? Like, why would she come back? I don't know. Like, it really just was adding up for him. But There's also that, is that rhetorical questions are not evidence. I feel like people with anxiety, including me, feel like rhetorical <laughs> questions can be evidence. Oh! No, it's not. Oh! And I feel like, in a way, it's also deeply self-centered. She's trapped in Hades town. Yeah. You don't think that even despite your relationship 
she'd like to be alive again. That's true, too. Like, it doesn't even need to have anything to do with you, actually, Morpheus. (laughs) She might might not give a fuck about you and want to be alive. (laughs) Like... (laughs) And we also know that isn't even the case, but, like, worst case scenario, even. Worst case, she's probably back there, bro. Like, just continue. Pissed me right off. No, attack me harder, though, with rhetorical questions is not evidence, though. Yeah, like, like, whoops! Well, why, wouldn't she, well, why wouldn't she? I can do the same thing. I can literally, any rhetorical question you exilate over, you can literally flip to be the opposite. It's useless. It's not evidence. Oh, oh good to know. Thanks for coming to my <laughs> Oh, thanks for giving me something to talk about in therapy tomorrow. And <laughs> I think we're last um, two songs. Yes, last two. Two songs. Here we go. Okay, so we just heard Road to Hell 2. Yeah, which is the second to last song, but Yes, though it gives finale song energy because it does. Like, kind of unmotivated every character is just singing together. Yeah. Like, sad <laughs> song and the narrator singing and he's yeah. like we're gonna sing it anyway even though we know it's sad and it's like all right <laughs> and they do confirm spring did come back so that's mm-hmm. that's nice that is a nice happy ending ish <laughs> ish and yeah. i think it's interesting because this is the first time listening to it i was like damn like they talked earlier about like the fate song whenever orpheus was down in the underworld and they're like if nothing changes anyhow, what's the point? And he's like, if that's true, then I guess I'll be on my way. But he's not even sure if that's true and, like, thinking about it. And, like, similar, they've, like, paralleled that with tragic stories, almost. He's like, it's a sad song, but even then we start singing it like we don't know how it'll turn out or, like, maybe it'll turn out different this time. And it's just interesting, like, how they frame, like, how relentless, like, hope is even when we think we're out of it like it does kind of sneak up in weird ways i know that's been an experience mm-hmm. for me at least but yeah like how we know and then yet against all doubt sometimes it just feels like hope is always kind of there yeah, i definitely understand where that's coming from it also i feel like adds to its finale song energy like it really feels like it's trying to put all the motifs of the song together but, yeah 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 guess we'll see what this last song actually contains yeah i honestly don't remember it well besides it feeling kind of random but it's definitely like part of the musical like it's not like some Mm -hmm. random extra credit thing but we'll see (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay so the final song is we raise our cups and it's primarily persephone and eurydice and i believe they're back down in the like persephone's back down in the underworld so i'm wondering what happens where persephone goes from spring up in the mortal realm back down to the underworld from one song to the next i don't know what happens there but yeah i'm wondering if like because wasn't the storytelling device in this song that he's telling a story in a bar hermes that's kind of the vibe because i watched like the first 15 minutes I don't know. I like I am curious about if this is like a group of people in a bar reenacting the story. Yeah, I'm asking that because it seems like maybe this last song is like them also being in the bar. Like I think the musical begins with them setting up that they're telling the story and then ends with them finishing telling the story. Like I think that the setting changes, so I think that's why like like I think the time changes because we went from the past 
like the setting of the story oh. back to the present where they're telling the story. Oh, oh, yeah. I like that take. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And like, I saw where there's apparently some discourse where people were like, um, why are we raising our cups to Orpheus? Like, <laughs> he literally fucked that up. I guess he's the reason Spring is back. He's the reason Spring is back. And also the fact that like, in the beginning, Hermes was like, what's so different about Orpheus is like, yeah, he's talented, sure. But he not only sees the world for what it is, but the way it could be. But in the end, he loses that, like, innocence and, like, that ability to look past what the world is and hope for what it could be instead, and it cost him everything. And, like... Yeah. That is, like, really sad and deserves to be, like, attributed, you know? So I think, like, people were talking about is this is, like, acceptance or forgiveness on Eurydice's part, and maybe it's just acceptance or just acknowledging he at least tried and, like, Mm -hmm. that it is sad how things turned out and, like what was taken from him and how it led to all that but yeah yeah it's a sad song there's <laughs> also you know the power of the word and dialectics like True. she could still be like pissed off at him mm-hmm. and also respect that he did tangibly succeed in bringing spring back which is helpful and important yeah you know and 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 it's also like i yeah like would he have been able to do that has she not gone to the underworld would he have been there to sing hades the song and made Mm -hmm. it happen like it's like it sucks how things shook out and like there's so many feelings in that i can't even imagine like yeah you're gonna see it be valid to feel anything she'd want to at this point with everything happening but Mm -hmm. yeah so that's hades town what are your overall thoughts on I definitely enjoyed it. It was entertaining. I'd be curious to see what the stage acting looks like and what the choreography looks like for parts. But yeah, I think that it's a cool musical. I love that. I agree because I've listened to this musical for like three years now. And I like grew up listening to musicals and then going to like see them or watching the movie after. But it has never been so hard for me to visualize what's happening in a musical as with this one. Like Mm -hmm. this one takes the cake for like, I need to see this. Like, cause I just cannot wrap my head around some of the parts. Or I'm also just curious how some of the parts happen. But yeah, definitely. I'm excited to find a little bootleg version somewhere (laughs) and watch it. Cause I think it'll hopefully give us some answers and maybe even have more for us to parse out. Yeah. Thanks for listening along with us and yes. finishing out this musical episode. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. And for even with all of its faults, I just, uh, I love it so much. So yeah. I'm excited we got to share it with you. Yes. I love it. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Think you can handle more? Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Coming Out Evil. Our website also has merch, sources, and our original villainy workbook available to download. Check it out at allmylinks.com slash comingoutevil. You can support our evil doing on Patreon, where patrons get exclusive access to bloopers, extended cuts, live streams, and so much more. You can also tip us on Cash App at Yeehaw Howdy and Mixedusa. Stay evil and we'll see you next time. What do you think of this episode? Leave a review.